2: Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John. Uh, It's a podcast all about Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic, uh, and it is an away day. Watford away at Arsenal. Yeah, uh, I'm on my way. I'm going to be meeting DCW, uh, Colin, uh, Mike, uh, Arlo, and Flo are also there. Uh, Kieran's going to be coming as well. So it's going to be a great day out, and this is going to be our little journey and story of our day of seeing Watford play away. And we don't know what's going to happen. Arsenal are in very good form, as we heard on Thursday's podcast, from uh, Art. I'm I'm, I'm sceptical, but I think it's going to be good. And I do like an away day in London, because it's so much easier. Uh, I can leave the house, I can just walk down the road, and I'm halfway there within half an hour. And we can all meet up a little bit earlier in places that we sort of know and it's just not that that rush and that stupid long journey you have to do on certain away games so it's much more uh, practical to go to these away games in London and Arsenal especially because I think yeah, I'm pretty sure they are they're, the, they're definitely the closest club to Vicarage Road as the crow flies lots of geeky facts for you from John, thank you very much the rookery end. So we've uh, made it into London. Michael's with me. Hi Michael. Uh, hi John. Hi. And uh, DCW. Hello. Uh, and we are, uh, well we're just waiting for the pub to open really. We're ahead of ourselves after brunch. T- and tragic, it? It's a bit tragic as you're sipping on your can. Uh, but it's a couple of hours until kick off. Now we have a lot of chats on our WhatsApp group. Mike. Yeah. Um, do you find sometimes it's a bit distracting to your life, our WhatsApp group? Um...
3: It's probably more distracting to the rest of you than than me. Some of the stuff I, I put in there, but no, I think it's I think it's a welcome little place for me to vent. I, I, I just feel sorry for you guys, really.
2: I sometimes, at, at, you know, during a working day, flick over and notice there's fifty odd messages, and I wasn't. There. But we do have some conversations. Particularly this week, one came up about could you put together a starting eleven of loanees that have been loaned to Watford over the years I said DC would be the challenge of of putting all the suggestions that we had on the group and he has uh, come up with uh, an 11 are there any players in particular Mike that you really hope you really hope be in there because remember the big caveat I've given him is that they were never allowed to become a permanent player so Alman Abdi can't put him Vidra can't put him Tommy Mooney can't have him because he was alone that turned into a permanent signing Nara Nosworthy, who who do you think might you you would be, you would love to see in that loney eleven? I know who I don't want to see in it.
3: <laughs> and i would never quite have forgiven him. Our world would be completely different now, I think, and we'd have spoken about so many different stories if he'd have been a better footballer. Matthew Briggs.
2: <laughs> oh, no, come on. Uh,
3: just I've never seen someone disintegrate so quickly. Until they I think he started off relatively promisingly, didn't he? he came with a relative. Um, Sort of quite a good pedigree behind him, and then by the time he got to that Leicester game, he was absolutely—he was an abomination. I think the Burnley game as well, he was—he was poor. He was so I don't want to see him in it. Okay. In fact, I, I hope—and you know, this is a, no no disrespect to Matthew Biggs i hope he's he's, he's all right. I hope he's having he, enjoyed himself but I don't want to hear him mentioned in, con- in conjunction to, to Watford anymore. Steve Leo Bellet. Another one. Yeah, no,
2: But he wasn't he the most
3: lone player ever? He was, a, he was kind of the poster boy, wasn't he, for, for, <laughs> lo- for, for loans. He almost became the sort of code word for, for loanees that <laughs> never really appeared, didn't he? So, look, let's just
2: hear what, uh, let's just hear what DCW's come up with, I reckon. The, the one I was looking forward to is Andrew Taylor. Andy oh, Taylor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was good it? Was that? He scored... I think he... did he score his first ever professional goal when he was on loan at Watford? And it was an absolute thunder from outside the box. I want to say it was against Cardiff or Portsmouth. That sounds about
3: right. And Kaciniclitz as well? He never signed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he gone, was yeah. quite good. And Andy Vyman as well. He even... He, he I thought he was quite good for us.
2: He scored yesterday for uh, Bristol City. Yeah.
3: yeah, he's still going strong, isn't he? And I think they, they sort of sum up for me that the period when we were really, really loan heavy, players that are OK... But really actually caught the eye at the time. I thought, oh, he's a bit of all right. He's really, really good. Because he felt like where they were coming from, they were a cut above what we what we already have. But, um, yeah, we've moved on, haven't we, from then?
2: DCW, let, let's start uh, back to front. Who,
4: who'd you go for in goal? Well, I think Mike might have stolen my thunder there a little <laughs> bit. A little bit. Foreshadowed a few of my picks. Well, you know, in goal, I have gone for, because there's not, not a lot to pick from in goal, but I've gone for orestes Karniesis. Yes. Now, we might have forgotten about him, but he obviously played in the latter half of the 17-18 season. The reason I've got him ahead of the other thing, I could have had Thomas Kusak, yeah. I think. Um, but I've picked Carnesis because he kept out Gomez. Oh, yeah, he did. And if, you, yeah, if you're good yeah, enough yeah. to keep out Gona- Gomez, you're good, you're good enough for me. <laughs> so that's why he's in goal. Kusak yeah, probably just kept out uh, Scott Loach Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Different thing entirely. <laughs> left back. We'll go left back next. You've already You've already called him out. Andrew Taylor. Yeah that wonderful volley. I think it was against Portsmouth.
2: It was against, definitely against a, a team wearing blue during that a wonderful run we had that season where
4: Danny Graham was on fire and it was I think it was on Telly. Yeah it was. Yeah. yeah it was. I think we won two 0 you know, that day, but yeah, lovely volley from the edge volley from the edge of the box. So we got him. I've got a centre back pairing, two fairly agricultural, robust centre halves that both did a good job for us in their time. One is Nairon Nosworthy. Who played under Daesh. He can't have Nairon. Why not? Because he became a permanent signing. Did he? Yeah. Well, he was on your list. <laughs> I told you he, that. Was the, he was on the spreadsheet. <laughs> well, that's your fault. Okay, He's, in. All right, all right. He's in. He's Be in. Be fair, it was a working list. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the other one is Matthew Connolly. Yes. who I think is very much the forgotten man yeah, 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 of definitely. that 14-15 promotion. He came in, and everyone talks about Ben Watson coming in after a few of the season and sort of helping us out and stealing us up a bit. Well, he came in as well, and he, just, he did help us get over the line in some crucial games when we needed a bit of strength at the back. I know Troy Deeney talks to him very highly when mentioning, mentioning that team. Uh, and right back, I've got Chris Baird. Remember him? I can't picture him. So he was on loan from Southampton in uh, sort of the early noughties he went on to be part of the Fulham team that reached the Europa League final yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah. I can see him now yeah
4: Yeah. oh he wasn't on my list but well done well done as solid as solid as a right right back as you you could wish to find but you thinking more that because of what he did afterwards than his time at Watford Um, did he shine for you at Watford I think he was. I think he was as he was in the rest of his career. He was just. He was just neat and tidy and solid when he played for, for Watford. I think it was under Lewington. It was yeah. in, in one of the yeah, Lewington like, yeah. seasons. Uh, I've got. I'm going four four two. So I've got midfield four, of um, yeah left wing, Alexander catcher Nick Nick. Gotcha Nick <laughs> exactly what we said for the entire time he was here. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha Nicklich, uh who yeah, a player that didn't really go on to do anything really, yeah. but but looked like he was really you exciting. know exciting, Ooh. had a lot of potential on on loan from Fulham. I've got a midfield two of one Jack Cork, nice, who I think went on to be one of the you know he, he had a very good career, still playing for for Burnley, isn't he? But um, he. Was one of those players that played under Brendan Rodgers and and shined in that brief brief spell that we had under Brendan before we all know what happened. The other, alongside him in the midfield, I got Daniel Tozer. And he was a player I was hoping you would find there,
2: David, because he never signed permanently. He played for a long time, but he was always on loan. So he yeah. doesn't get the permanent signing. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a, we've got free kicks going in straight away. We haven't got Almanabdi, but we've got some free kicks already in the team. I think he was actually on a
4: two-year loan deal. Yeah, it so was something that, like that, from wasn't Palmer? It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The lesser-spotted two-year loan deal. Uh, right wing, I've got a player who was one of the earliest that I can remember when I was sort of going regularly to matches, I had a season ticket and everything, It just really made me excited. And that was Jermaine Pennant. I and mean, he had two loan spells with us, I think. Um, but the, the one where he played, that was a, there was a FA Cup match against West Brom. I think it was a fourth round match. That, I think it was in the season that we got to the possibly in the season we got to the semi-final maybe it was the season after but it was around that time and it was back when he was still a bright young thing at Arsenal yeah. hadn't properly broken through yet he, he was still you know a few years before that transferred for a million pounds as a 15 year old from Notts County he was really exciting did go on to have a hell of a career really played a Champions League final uh, you know an illustrious career really but uh, back, in the, back in those early days I remember just, I remember he was a player that when he got the ball I can, show, I can just in my mind I can hear the seats of the rookery end all just going up <laughs> oh, as yeah, he gets yeah, down yeah. towards the byline yeah. now up front now uh, I'm going to take some stick for this <laughs> <laughs> ne- we're prepared to give it to you yeah, okay. neither of these neither of these two men um, really made much of an impact on Watford <laughs> during their loan spells Uh, Perhaps both of them, well, certainly one of them, known more for his uh, sort of post-career exploits, but the other one's following in his footsteps. So I've got the the talk sport twosome of Mickey Quinn and Gabriel (laughs) Agbonlahor up front. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we start with that? (laughs) Now, I I was at, I'm pretty sure Agbonlahor played in the game that I went to, away at Crew, we lost 1-0 in the Bufroyd season he only played a couple of games for us didn't he I might be wrong but here comes Cole um, but yeah he didn't do anything but obviously went on to have a brilliant career for Aston Villa and all that and he's now can now be heard uh, giving, giving you his views on the world of football on a regular basis on Talk Sport which the same could also have been said for much, much of the last 20 years about one Mr. Mickey Quinn, who in his day, in his day, was a fine goal scorer. He wasn't at Watford. Got a Premier League hat-trick under his belt, a very quick one against uh, uh, for Coventry in the early days of the Premier League. Obviously played five games for Watford and was a disgrace. He was absolutely massive, the size of a house by the time he turned up for us. But I've worked with him a fair bit in my professional yeah. life. He's a nice man so he gets the nod <laughs> Quinny and Agbon Lahore up front come on the lads we'll, re- we'll recap the team from front to back because yes. Mike's come back and we'll get his reaction so in goal Carnesis. back four of Taylor Nosworthy Connolly Bed. Baird, Baird. <laughs> yeah? yeah happy with that uh, midfield four of Kacinichlich uh, Jack Cork Daniel Tozer Jermaine Pennant Blimey. yeah and you haven't you haven't heard my front <laughs> 2 <yet. laughs> no, wait think, for uh, it up front Gabriel Agbon Lahore and Mickey Quinn Michael Quinn, Esquire.
3: <laughs> Good Lord. Well, the only, I suppose the only saving grace to that absolute monstrosity of an, an eleven is that he didn't go for Kerry Dixon. I, didn't, I don't know why.
4: It's a big man-little man partnership, but I, but I think, I, I think I Ag <laughs> Bonlehore's taller than Quinny, but, but he's still the little man.
3: <laughs> God, dear. I mean, fascinating though, isn't it? Because we had Ag at the start of his career, yeah. and he looked just nowhere near that like he was going to be able to, to, to make a career in football he actually went on to score quite a few, few goals for the Villa didn't he and um, God, I don't know if I'd feel happier going to watch that team or the team we're going to watch at Arsenal this afternoon. I'm not sure <laughs> quite which one would um, would disappoint me more. But yeah, I mean, it just it just feels just to hearing. Some, I mean, let, don't get
4: me wrong, some of them are. I'm sure Quinnie's hat trick in the Premier League was at Highbury against Arsenal <laughs> for he just Coventry. So many goals, man! <laughs> so, <laughs> so many goals. He's calls. the man for the occasion. Uh,
3: it's just it just does feel like a bygone age, and we sort of quite light hearted about it. But there's some proper serious names in amongst those isn't
2: there a lovely, a lovely mix of like those players that were solid but were just out of favour at a club like say, like an Andrew Taylor and a lot of young exciting players who you you could see the potential there's some lovely like I said you at the moment where you see Jermaine Pennant get the ball as a Watford player and you, you'd feel excited You know why he, they didn't necessarily do the whole of their career but you, when they were Watford players you love that excitement of seeing them Almost feeling the potential of then their whole career just bursting out at Vicarage Road. Jermaine Pennant, of course, left his car at an airport for about
3: three years, didn't he? Remember, he forgot that he left the car at the, uh, the, at the airport. But what that is, what that discussion is, it fall, it's almost like a perfect audio time capsule of Watford, isn't it? It's a time where we were either scrabbling around for for players to to fill holes, like uh, like Mickey Quinn, for example, or others that we were trying to. To bring in to, to take us up to the next level, but it feels like that it really is a moment in a moment in time. And whilst those names span a relatively long period, it's, it's yes, yeah, a perfect encapsulation of what Watford perhaps were, um, perhaps earlier in the decade so about a decade ago. Yeah, I think we
2: should start the podcast.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go <laughs> cool, on, crikey. So yeah, decent lineup that DCW, but uh well, they survive in the Premier League, Michael. Premier League, they wouldn't they wouldn't <laughs> survive in the UniBond Premier League. Uh, Is that just Mickey Quinn? None of them.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash
2: courtside to learn more. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. So Colin, we've... Um we've been to a local pub what a lovely
1: pub the pineapple is oh thank you very much yeah. <laughs> I spend far too much time in there <laughs>
2: <absolutely>. <laughs> no it's a, it's a classic London corner pub but it was uh, the perfect uh, level I think that's for me And uh, before we go off to the Emirates which we've got an hour to go before kick off it, it was the perfect sort of size and busyness just
1: perfect to have a lovely footballing friend chat yeah, it was um, it was very nice to have you all in Kentish Town, in the home in the in the homeland. Uh, so we're quite a large crowd. There's um, there's Mike uh, with uh, both Florence and Arlo, and my two are here. Uh, another Florence and Lily, and our our good friend and contributor to the podcast, Oliver Wicken, is yes. here with his oldest son, DCW, Hollywoods uh, Kieran Hollywood, <laughs> uh, you and me. So yeah, so we're going to walk now. Twenty five minutes walking to a football is part of the. Culture and history of football. I yeah. think. Walking to the to the ground. So this is the only game that I can walk to from the whole season uh, away at the filthy Gooners. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> you're not. What
2: you're saying. That's a lie. That's
1: an absolute lie from everything you've been saying in the pub,
2: Colin. But we have got the lineups, Colin. Foster, Rose, King, and Kulu, Cathcart, Tufan, Sissoko, Kiko is back. Uh, sar Dennis, and Kuchka. Now, for me, my favourite thing about that is after our conversations last week about Ismail Assar and how he wasn't quite on form, is that his best buddy, Kiko, is back
1: with him. No, that's true. And I I stand by what I said last week. I do think that Kiko makes Assar better because I think he's an older head. He gets up and back more and uh, he encourages Assar to play Whereas I I think Ngakia, as I said last week, is is much younger, much less experienced and really just focuses on himself, which is, I guess, what he should do. But Saar didn't help him out very much last week. I expect that combination today will hopefully work a bit better offensively and defensively. But we'll have to wait and see. I I do think that Cathcart and Nkulo, I mean, that's a brand new, another brand new Mm. pairing at centre-back. Surprised that Sir Alta isn't playing. Bit surprised that Kong isn't playing. But more surprised that cleverly isn't playing he's picked two fans instead of cleverly, so that'll be, but at least we've got three central midfielders, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important, thing. but that
2: was your thing. you said about the you know I think what I want I, I suspect you're thinking of your mind is that you don't necessarily mind who is the central three, it's the fact that they are operating in the right way, and they, they haven't been for you.
1: No, I mean, when Pedro was playing uh, last week, he was playing as, as part of a front four, I thought, mm. and so he wasn't doing that central midfield. Blocking role and Southampton were able to pass through us really, really comfortably and easily. They didn't, we, d- we didn't really challenge them in that area, and that's why they camped out on our 18 yard line for so much of the first half. We were better in the second half when Cleverly and Senna came on because they they were a bit more robust in that midfield area and stopped Southampton from just doing whatever they pleased. Whether Tufan is is going to do that, Tufan is a creative player, so he'll probably play ahead of the other two, but he'll need to be. You know, protecting them while they try to protect the back four because it's going to be very, very difficult. Self,
2: I, right. I think my thing about Tufan, I'm expecting creativity, but I'm not expecting where Cleverly was wonderful to harass and harangue and to move forward. I feel like he's not going to necessarily get as far out of the situation of being a midfielder as as Tom was. And it, 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 just, it just feels a little bit more... As long as Sissoko and, and Kuchka are protecting and he's doing that forward role, it, it feels a little bit more balanced in yeah. what we need today, which
1: is attack but cover. The other thing we need is that for Dennis and Saar to play their part defensively, Yeah, to protect their full-backs and to get in nice and narrow and tight when they haven't got the ball and make it really difficult for Arsenal just to play their lovely... Tick attacker uh, through us because if we let them do that then they'll just destroy us the other thing that's going to be interesting to see is, the way, is Nkulo's influence on the whole defensive unit including I would say Kutzka and Sissoko is he a shouter he's a very experienced player yeah. is he fit enough to play a full 90 minutes having not played for 18 months or whatever it is but it'll be interesting to see what his influence is you know, he's a very experienced uh, senior professional is he going to lead? Is he going to be that person sort of shouting and organising and pointing? And, or is he just going to be more quiet? We, we, you know, we, need a, we need a leader on the pitch. Yeah, We haven't really had that since Deany left. And Deeney led from the front, which is not an easy place to do it, but he did do it. He came back and he rang midfielders. He was yelling and pointing and telling them where to go. And...
2: Yeah, but leadership isn't always about that. Leadership can be many, many different things. It can. It, leadership can be, look, I'm playing to this level, you follow me because... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm leading by example I'm not leading by telling you off which I always thought Dini did yeah. and what I love about this Colin is that we're on our way to the Emirates and that later on we'll have a conversation with Mike and, and DCW about what happened yeah. uh, and some of the stuff we've said will be absolutely spot on Hopefully. <laughs> and some of absolutely
1: rubbish. But we'll see. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking, Carl? What, 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 do you want, what do you want to see? It's, How... hard, it's hard to be optimistic. I'd like to see us be more organised, um, to not be so easy to play against. I don't expect us to win this game. Arsenal are in a, in a decent um, vein of form. And, uh, you know, we'd expect them to, to get over the line at home with a full house against us, who, who have struggled uh, just to compete, really, in games we know even at home against Southampton we only had 36% possession. hopefully Tufan might be that person we know he can be comfortable on the ball we we need to be able to get the ball and keep it for periods where we can then do something with it and in in, in recent games we've just got the ball for 5 seconds and then we've we've given it up so I'd like to see us hold on to the ball I'd like to see us compete in midfield you know it's my big bugbear when we don't do that (laughs) but um Yeah, I'm not feeling massively optimistic. I feel a little bit like I'm walking to a hanging.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. They'll do some magnificence within five minutes and our our, our positivity will go through the roof. I think. Hopefully.
4: We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns.
2: So, we have left the Emirates. Still don't like it compared to the hybrid. But hey. I'm an old school football fan. Uh, Watford uh, nil, uh, Arsenal one. Michael, you leave Arsenal probably better off than you thought we were going to be. Well, definitely come not. on, I mean you're a pessimist. You were thinking seven or eight, I suspect. Definitely not
3: better off. It's cost me a fortune in the hostelries of uh, Upper Street before the before the game. But <laughs> I think it was a uh, not
4: finished
3: yet either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we might have to double our intake after to uh, uh, yeah calm myself down after that. I think ultimately come away frustrated and disappointed which I think is is good because it, it means we we weren't tonked, we weren't out of the game at any stage despite being 1-0 down and, and down to 10 men late on it always felt like there was a point there but that is incredibly frustrating because much like the games with Southampton at home and Newcastle at home. When you are presented with opportunities to get points in the Premier League, you have to take them. This is a very, very poor Arsenal side. You turn... No, it isn't. They're a... not poor like Newcastle. Turn, they're turn not poor like a... Southampton. They're not a poor side. I mean, they're a... not an Arsenal, not a great Sorry. Arsenal side. Come on. Let me rephrase. Yeah. It was a poor Arsenal performance um, that I thought allowed us an opportunity to to get something out of the game.
2: DCW, are you looking at the the, 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 the same way as Mike? Missed opportunity.
4: I think so. I think if, if you take it, look at it like this. I think Arsenal, on balance, Arsenal played better than us. They are a decent Arsenal side. They probably didn't play as well as they have been playing in the last few weeks. We frustrated them. Yeah. Uh, the, the referee undoubtedly played the game in terms of, you know, in contrast to a lot of what we've seen this season in terms of referees letting play flow, he was blowing up for everything from the first minute and that contributed to a stop-start sort of bitty game. Well, what, what that does is it, it, it stops Watford getting any, any pressure, it
3: stops any build-up of momentum for Watford and I'm going to get this out of the way, sorry Dave, and then you can come, <laughs> come straight back in. Let's let him do it, come And it's, it is that we've seen it time and time again it's the no tackle at the Emirates rule, isn't it? You, you, you aren't allowed to tackle here. And that, I know that sounds flippant and glib and silly, but that's what it feels like watching. And obviously it's frustrating when you're the opposition. But I thought, as, as, as Dave said, that what he was giving free kicks for was a nonsense. But worse than that, what he was giving yellow cards for was, an
4: absolute, was, was a joke as far as I'm concerned. You, know, you take all that into account, we rode our luck massively. We, you know, we we thought we'd gone one 0 down, down after six minutes. It was clearly offside, so that's you know. But but the defending that led to that situation was poor, so that was a let off. We got we gave away a penalty, which looked like fair enough. Rose didn't really get much of the ball. Knocked over Lacazette. I think it was Foster pulls out a brilliant save, gathers it at the second attempt. You know, again a lifeline. So. And then, and then towards the end of the game, we've conceded a goal. We're still hanging on in there. Josh King is presented with a fantastic opportunity to, to, to equalise. Ramsdale completely misses it. And King, we were right behind it where we were sitting. King made a snap decision. He was confident and he thought right, I'm going to try and get it in at a tight angle but the, the, what he should have done easy to say that this for us in hindsight well, we're not him but what he should have done was taken a few touches given himself a better angle or he could have given himself the option to square it it was an open goal he saw the goal but it was such a tight angle and he, and he, he just snatched at it and he went wide and You know, so get all those things into account. It's a really frustrating afternoon. And of course, we have to mention the fact that as far as I can see it, unless I'm mistaken, unless if we watch it back on TV and we're mistaken, Rose kicks the ball out for for an injured player. And then Arsenal take the throw in and within about 10 seconds, they scored a goal. Now, I've already had some quite strongly worded remonstrations with some of my Arsenal <laughs> friends on WhatsApp who were going oh it's nothing fella oh it's nothing oh it doesn't matter oh, absolute nonsense if that was the other way around no, they no. would have been up in arms That'd and that's no good that is no good
3: yeah the game would have been there would have been calls for the game to be replayed Watford bringing the game into disrepute but of course just speaking to, to, to Stu friend of the podcast and unfortunately in situations like this Watford are collateral damage they are it's, it will be won't you watch if we read the papers tomorrow morning there will not be i guarantee it one mention of the fact that that goal came from the fact that the ball was put out for by a Watford player the fact of the matter is i don't think that there was an injury i think he was perfectly fine so the, the the rights and wrongs of whether the ball should have been put out at that stage if if i was him if i was i did a, hoofed it down the other end and put it out you know like a rugby place kick yeah. make sure you put it out but put it down out over your own halfway line but he obviously put the ball out on the basis it was going to come back and it didn't and i thought that Probably tells you where Arsenal were at. That they felt that they weren't able to do the do the decent thing. Do the thing that happens nine hundred and ninety nine times out of a thousand in in football. When the when the opposition puts the ball out for for a player to get treatment, the ball goes back. With the, whether it's right or wrong, that's what happens. And they didn't do it. And I think the fact that they they did that, I think, shows that they were they were panicked and and we were we were frustrating them. Dave's absolutely right. Arsenal. Deserved the win, really. I guess on the on the overall balance of, of play, the penalty, the goal um, they scored, we didn't. Ultimately, Foster had to pull off a really good save at, at close range late on. Really, really fierce hit that he did well to get his arms up and and block. But I think that incident is is pretty grim, really, and is and it just sort of adds to the. You know, we're talking half an hour after the final whistle, and it always feels quite raw. And I guess it makes sense to to watch it all back. But that, in conjunction with the fact that we had that amazing chance, they, when we did get at them down that, down that flank, they did make a mistake. When we did ask questions, we, they, they looked vaguely
2: vaguely wobbly. Well, my thing is, when we asked questions, when we pushed them, I think it took... I had a lovely afternoon sat next to young Alfie, uh, his dad, Adam, and uh, his uncle, Ross, chatting away the whole game down right at the front we were here at the Emirates. And it took... Thanks to Adam for pointing it out. It took the 70 minutes for Ismail Assar to, to battle for a ball. It took until very, very late on for us to try and attack and try and score some goals, DCW. You know, we always start the bat and go to the front, but you know, that attacking options wise today, we talked about the possibility of a chance for, for King, but there weren't there weren't any other real true chances and it did take I think it really took until Kuche came on where there was all of a sudden a bit more impetus for us to to be an attacking force when Arsenal were one up but they were only one up you know we've been in a situation with with Liverpool they were five up and we're going we're trying we're trying go, yeah but they're not trying because they're five up it, it I suppose that my head looking forward I'm seeing in the the, the steps of Ranieri from the games he's played There was a little bit more organisation in that performance, just not from the front.
4: I'm I'm, I'm, I'm loath to criticise the front players. It's a difficult afternoon for them. Arsenal are a team that want to keep the ball. They want to draw you in to try and encourage you to press them and then play around you, which is what they started to do towards the end of the game in particular you know you, when you're Josh King it's a thankless task you might get a few scraps you might get the ball into the channels you've got to chase it down the same with Saar
2: but no but I, 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 a King I agree with he he was doing what a set forward but Ismail and Saar we, we were chatting away and you know, the whole thing of at no point in the first 10 minutes, um, you go, I'm going to run at him. I'm going to no, start, not, start putting having, the, the, no, no, putting the no,
4: ideas no, in the I'm, head. I'm not having this all this constant criticism of Saar. Uh, how many times do we get the ball to him? Yeah, how many times do we get the ball in space to him? Yeah, OK, maybe he could make a better runs. So maybe there was times when Kiko had the ball and, and, and Saar, where's Saar, he's not making the run. Maybe there's clearly a lack of confidence. He's quite an up-and-down player, but it's really difficult. And, it, you know, towards the, in the second half, he was he was getting round. He was winning... Territory. He was getting the ball into reasonable positions, but there was really, you know, there was a lack of quality into the box. We didn't create any chances. Ramsdale didn't have to really make a save at all. There was a few pot shots from Kushka and you know, yeah, we need to try and be a bit more of a a genuine threat. But it it is a difficult game. That the task today was to scrap and to fight and to hold on and try and get something on a break, on a counter, on a mistake for Arsenal. And we nearly got that. We got the mistake for Arsenal and we didn't take advantage of it. And, that, and that's that.
3: I think, I think what we've said, we've said it before, and I think the same is as true now as it will be for the rest of the season. We've got players who need to be at 95% uh, to, to get anything out of probably any game in the Premier League. We're going to come up against sides who are at the very minimum are equal and most of the time significantly better than us in every department. And I think it's right. I think it's... It's frustrating that we're not, we're not scoring and then you, you look at Ismail Asar as, as, as our main threat. We've decided as a, as a, as a supporter base he's our, he's our main threat. But I make Dave absolutely right. Flo and Arlo are complaining a little bit about him. I am like, well, hang on, his job is to be a striker, is to be a threat down the flank. What options are we giving him? What opportunities are we actually giving him? And there wasn't much. There wasn't much. You're right, John. I don't, I don't think there was a, a lack of willingness to attack. I think ultimately uh, perhaps a little bit of quality isn't lacking. But that goes down. You know, we know that. We know that we haven't got the the best players in the in the Premier League. We know that they're going to come up against superior defenders. And, you know, I don't think that was a complete bust. I don't no. think it was a complete bust by any stretch of the imagination. I think... Whether, whether whether anyone of well, a non Watford persuasion would agree that we might have deserved to, to get a point out of it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it just it just reminds us. I think there's going to be an incredibly long, difficult season. But I think at least there was at least there was fight there today. At least there was some sort of semblance of organisation, made it relatively difficult for Arsenal. They weren't cutting through us at, at will, were they? They weren't. There wasn't wave after wave of attack. Um, obviously, we came under pressure. Obviously, they can, there's chances. It's Arsenal, they're at home. Um, that's going to happen. But So, I think from an organisational point of view, from a battling point of view, I can give them a tick. I think that where we're lacking is the quality and the decision-making. And, unfortunately, the longer this run goes on, the harder it's going to be for, for confidence to, to lift and, uh, and, and improve. You know, Joshua King coming off the back of Everton hasn't really kicked on. And we were saying, you know, we're saying we, this, is, this is it for him now. This is the perfect springboard for him to, to go go off. He hasn't, um, and, and, but no one has. And that's not a criticism no, of no, him he,
2: he said in an interview this week, you know, he, he, he himself sees himself at 85%. You know, it, he has been playing some goals. He had a great hat trick, but he, he hasn't played a lot of football in the last last year it really hasn't done DCW what about what about in, in Kulu if, if it was a date are you, are you going to be after a second date with him <laughs> yeah absolutely why not Seemed
4: like a nice lad we had a nice time are you taken home to your mum yet I'm no. not I'm not completely sold okay bit of, work, bit of work to do but I'll give him certainly give him a chance on the you set, not change that relationship status date. on uh, social media <laughs> uh, no but it was good for him to get 90 minutes yeah. I think I don't think he, he he certainly didn't look out of place there uh and that would have done him the world of good to get 90 minutes to get a good test against, you know, against a good team. He'll have moved him around a lot. He had a lot to deal with um, at times. But I was quite surprised to see him start. I, you know, we all kind of maybe were suspecting Sierra Alta might have come straight back in, but maybe he's not quite up to speed yet. Truesta Kong goes down to the bench again, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've you know I, I think he he you look at his career, he's experienced international, played a lot of games in Serie A. He's obviously an accomplished defender and I think he... Didn't look out of place today at all. No, no,
2: and that was the sorry, the worry bit with, with uh, Mr. Troost. Uh, would he, after all the games he's played, the moments he's had, would that be a problem for him? Uh, midfield, midfield wise, Mike grittier, especially from Kuchka. He had a good, heart, a good game. He got his red card, but if you're going to get a red card, that's a sort of, that's a, 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 sort of like I'm just going to whack the ball as hard as I can. And if I take way? a player, well, it was a wrong way away. At this point, it did look like from my distant look, and I do have wear glasses, but uh, it was just a rambunctious kick, and he did have a few of those. maybe it was a, the final thing. but what guess- it, did it come from Mr. friend? and We know he 's not our friend
3: i 'm guessing it, the the yellow card is the fact that he 's out of out of control i guess a, re- a reckless a reckless attempt to it I mean he got the ball he obviously got the ball cleaned out the man. Uh, but the problem, the problem we had, what, and that goes, but it does go back to the officiating, is that Kutska was on a yellow card from from very very early. Joshua King was on a yellow card from very early. I've got absolutely no idea what what that booking was for. I said to uh, said to Dave at half time, I've been uh, I've been more aggressive, uh, well, walking to the bus stop, quite frankly, <laughs> than uh, than it appeared. Josh Josh King was there, um, so yeah. Look, there is. There are elements. I said it. I said it in, in midweek. Said it on Thursday. I think there are elements there that we can
2: we can get behind, and you can see. But did the performances today? Were they better? Were they more of a unit? I think it was Kuchka, two fan. He did go off. Um, he didn't have a great game. Two fan. He didn't really impose himself. Well- and then Sissoko, who was, I think, playing with a little bit of a Tottenham head on him.
4: If you look at the goal, though, the goal comes from them playing through, you know, get, working the ball from side to side and then Smith-Rowe scores just outside just outside the box. There's a sort of position, you know, without watching it back or whatever, just off memory at the moment. It was, where was Sissoko? Where was Kushka, Where was Tufan? Can the centre-backs come out? Like, there were times a little bit soft in the middle, maybe at times, but, you know... I I don't think it was terrible. Like it, they performed the sort of same as the rest of the team. There was plenty of effort, plenty of challenges. Jisoko is giving everything right to right till the last minute. Kushka one of his one of his better performances, I would say. You know, we know what he does. He charges around and steaming into challenges. And today, he's ultimately fallen foul of that thanks to an over officious referee. <laughs> um, but I was encouraged by that performance. I was applauding him off the pitch when he went off after the red card. But you know, too fan for me. It's probably a difficult game for him because he doesn't seem to be very combative. So you, he needs he's a sort of midfielder, I think, who needs to be in possession and to get on the ball and to try and make things happen. And he didn't get enough of the ball to make that happen today. So it was a bit of a frustrating one for him but again, you know, no, no real alarm bells for me.
3: No, I, th- I thought we saw glimpses actually from Tufan. I thought he looked capable of getting. You know, John, you were talking about how we felt like you weren't, we weren't attacking enough. He looked like he wanted to get the ball and drive on and try and take a man on early on, certainly for the first sort of maybe 15, 20 minutes. in you know, a low centre of gravity, scurrying forward with it. Um, looking to, to to be quick and, and decisive and I, I quite enjoyed that, and I thought right, it could be a decent day for him, but yeah, it't it sort of petered out a little bit, but that, i don 't think that 's any criticism of him I no. think that 's just the the pattern of, pattern of the game and yeah look ultimately you know that was far from a disaster, far from a disaster, and I think there are there are green shoots. I'd say uh, I was disappointed with Kucha. We Keep using that word, green shoots, don't we? Yeah. When do we stop using that word, right, Mike? Well, there's a, there's a frost coming. <laughs> there's a cold, hard frost coming. I thought I thought Kucha was disappointed when he came in. I thought there were some pretty pretty poor deliveries into into, into the box, but look, it's who had who had any money on Watford winning today no one no one in there no one is, in their right mind isn't
2: it great though actually that we are feeling a bit of frustration isn't it great that we could see actually how we could get something out of that game where if you literally see me and as we were chatting away with Colin on the way here you know he's thinking it's going to be 4-0 this is going to be we're going to be run over and we weren't i think that's actually an amazing feeling that we can capture at this moment us being say. a bit annoyed but not ridiculously not ridiculous that we, we thought we could get something from the game, but you know what I mean? It was just like, it was way more than I thought.
3: It was a better, it was an OK performance. We haven't disgraced ourselves, but right. that's, that's nothing to... But we haven't had
2: how many OK performances have we had this year, Michael?
3: But that ain't good enough, is it? I think just the fact to, to measure it no, against... we
2: had some, two great performances away at Everton, at home to Villa and at, yeah, uh, yeah. away at Norwich. The other games have not been OK.
3: Yeah, but the baby doesn't need to be thrown out of the bathwater no. today. But, in the, you know, you have to look at it in context of, of previous seasons, previous performances, where we are, what we've got coming up, where we are in the division. And I think there was a chance for a point there, uh, And it, I just feel feel frustrated we haven't got it. I think there's, there's players who hopefully will feel like they're playing themselves. You know, it's interesting hearing Joshua King saying, I'm at 85%. We really need players not to be at 85%. We need players to be at 100% and whether you can't, you can't magic yourself to 100% fitness but i think you know there, there feels like there's some premier league football in some Watford legs at long last it feels like we've been playing at it a little bit and i think hopefully they'll be able to take some encouragement like you're alluding to there john i think we can take a little bit of heart from the heart that was shown from watford but the bottom line is quality quality when it counts it was it was lacking again today and that's and that's what's ultimately cost us and i think that has to be a concern but you know, I'll I'll half kick the cat, I think, when I get in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you much, DCW. Thank you. Thank you, Michael.
3: Yeah, look. <laughs> No
2: <laughs> to to Colin, early on, uh, thank you for listening. Remember, uh, we'll back on Thursday with another podcast with Adam. Remember, you can subscribe to The Athletic uh, with a special offer thanks to From the Rooker End by going to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end. Uh, and we will uh, continue to follow this season uh, as what for fans in the Premier League uh, and hopefully very soon with lots of joy and celebration. Come on, you wounds.
1: the Athletic.